This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Good morning and welcome to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. It is Thursday, April the 22nd, the 22nd day of the fourth month of the new year. Looking forward to today's show. We're going to have a little Wednesday wisdom, even though we didn't have a show yesterday, as well as Throwback Thursday, sports wrap, what happened yesterday in local sports, and what happened in national sports. Let's first start in the world of national sports. Let's first start in the NFL. Yesterday, the NFL owners approved a series of new rules for the 2021 season, including one that will expand the influence of replay officials amid ongoing demands from coaches and more oversight of game day officials. Replay officials will not be able to throw flags or reverse calls on their own, but they now can offer referees advice based on what they've seen on broadcast replays in areas of possession completed or intercepted passes, the location of the ball relative to the boundary or inline, and whether a player is down by contact. Previously, replay officials have been limited to participating in plays that were just under review. Coaches will not have to throw challenge flags to prompt this advice, which some replay officials have been given referees informally for years. The NFL is to announce the full 2021 schedule on May the 12th. This is the first time that it will be seen by anybody. Each team will play a 17-game season this coming year, and each will receive just one bye week, even with the expanded schedule. That is all for the NFL. Let's go to college football. Former Pittsburgh Steeler and Georgia wide receiver Heinz Ward is set to join the Florida Atlantic coaching staff. Ward is a four-time Pro Bowl selection, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Steelers. He entered the coaching world with the New York Jets in 2019 and remained there in 2020. Florida Atlantic does not have any full-time coaching positions, but he is going to be working with wide receiver coach Joey Thomas, a former NFL and CFL player. Ward, who was 45, had 1,000 receptions for 12,083 yards, 85 touchdowns in his 217-game career with the Steelers. He was the third overall pick from Georgia, where he twice was All-SEC honors. While at Georgia, Ward played for the coaching staff that included David Kelly, who is now the Florida Atlantic Coordinator of Player Personnel. UTEP football coach Dana Dimel and former softball coach Toby Echo Hawk received one-year show clause restrictions and the athletic department was placed on one year's probation Tuesday over NCAA violations in both programs. The NCAA said the football team exceeded the limits of the size of the coaching staff for two years by allowing offensive and defensive quality control coaches to provide instruction. Echo Hawk allowed graduate assistants to provide instruction during extra workout sessions as part of violation of limits on the size of coaching staff and daily and weekly limits of the number of hours athletes were allowed to practice. According to the NCAA, the former coach also did not give her players a mandatory day off during the week. The agreement between UTEP and the NCAA said Echo Hawk was directly involved in some violations while failing to monitor her staff's involvement. Dymo was held responsible for not monitoring the activity of the staff. Dimo is going to serve a four-day suspension from the coaching activities and a 10-day ban on off-campus recruiting during the contact period of 2020 and 2021. Echo Hawk received a four-week suspension. 
from coaching activities and must sit out 15% of the regular season games. She is currently an assistant in New Mexico State. The school said she was promoted to a paid job last summer after joining Kathy Rudolph's staff as a volunteer. Youngstown State football on Tuesday was placed on probation for two years and hit with recruiting sanctions by the NCAA after the school and the association agreed several rule violations were committed under former coach Bo Pelini. Using the NCAA's negotiated resolution process, the school agreed it failed to monitor its football program when it permitted three staff members to recruit off-campus without completing the coach's certification test for the 2019-2020 academic year. An assistant coach was also found to have recruited a player at the Division II school without knowing he was not in the transfer portal and without notifying the player's school. The report does not mention Pelini by name, who was the head coach at the time from 2015 to 19, but it does refer to the former head coach who left to become the defensive coordinator at another school. The former Nebraska head coach was the defensive coordinator at LSU until last December. Youngstown State found that Pelini and two assistants had not taken the certification test for off-campus recruiting. That resulted in impermissible contact with 16 prospects and evaluations of two more. In addition to the probation, Youngstown State was stripped of three official visits during the 2021 and 2022 academic year and were given a two-week ban of unofficial visits and all recruiting communication, and its evaluation days was reduced by three. Football coaches who had improperly recruited at the Division II transfer were suspended from all coaching duties during three preseason football dates and banned from recruiting activities from February the 13th to the 26th. That is all for the world of college football. Let's go to college basketball. Florida Gators forward Keontae Johnson, who was hospitalized after collapsing during a game in December, on Wednesday said that he will not enter the 2021 NBA draft and is waiting for medical clearance to return to the team for next season. I am progressing and steadily making progress in my daily health, Johnson said on a post that he had on Twitter. I am patiently waiting for medical clearance. I plan to keep working to prepare for the up and coming season. My story continues to be written and driven by God. Go Gators! Johnson was rushed to a local hospital on December 12th after falling face first into the court following a timeout in the first half of a game against Florida State in Tallahassee. He was listed in critical but stable condition before being airlifted to a hospital in Gainville days later with his mother by his side, and he slowly recovered and started to communicate with his family and friends in the days that followed. The cause of his clap is yet to be truly determined, but his family said it was unrelated to COVID, even though he did test positive in this summer for COVID-19. We will stay on the topic of the NBA draft. Sophomore from UCLA, Johnny Juzang, is going to enter the NBA draft, but will maintain his college eligibility and not hire an agent. He made this announcement via Twitter, according to ESPN, as an informed decision. Juzang, the number 50 prospect in the ESPN 100 NBA draft rankings, was named second-team all-conference in the Pac-12 after a productive season, which included averaging 16 points, four rebounds, shooting 35% from three, but he exploded during the NCAA tournament, scoring 137 points in six games, the second-highest figure behind Gail Goodrich in 1965. Juzang's scoring prowess helped lead the number 11 Bruins as the first team from the first four to the final four, and it really elevated his standing within the NBA talent evaluators. The NBA draft will be conducted on July the 29th, and the league has scheduled its draft combine for the June 21 date, 
featuring 515 action that is subject to health concerns. That is all for college basketball. On to the diamond in Major League Baseball. In yesterday's actions, the Miami Marlins beat the Orioles 3-0. The Nationals topped the Cardinals 1-0 behind a 9-strikeout performance by Max Scherzer, who's now 1-1 on the season. The Arizona Diamondbacks beat the Reds 5-4. The Phillies topped the Giants 6-5. In seven innings as game one of a doubleheader, the Pirates beat the Tigers 3-2. The Rockies beat the Astros 6-3. The Athletics beat the Twins in 10-13-12. The Rangers topped the Angels 7-4. The Brewers beat the Padres 4-2. The Braves topped the Yankees 4-1. In game two of the doubleheader, the Tigers beat the Pirates 5-2. In 10 innings, the Arizona Diamondbacks beat the Reds 8-5. The Blue Jays beat the Red Sox 3-6. The Cubs hang 16 on the Mets, winning 16-4. The Royals beat the Rays in the last inning, 9-8. And postponed last night was the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Indians. On to tonight's games. In an early game today, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Reds will face off at 12.35 p.m., The Pirates are at the Tigers. The Yankees are in Cleveland against the Indians. The Mariners travel to Boston to take on the Red Sox. The Mets continue to stay at Wrigley against the Cubs. The Angels travel to Houston to take on the Astros. The Marlins are across the country in San Francisco to take on the Giants. And the San Diego Padres travel to Dodger Stadium to take on the Dodgers. That is all in Major League Baseball. Now on to NBA Basketball. Colin Sexton scores 30 points to lead the Cavaliers to a 121-105 win over the Chicago Bulls. The Indiana Pacers beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 122-116. Malcolm Brogdon has 29 points and 15 rebounds for the Pacers. Chris Paul leads the Suns into Philly in a 116-113 win over the 76ers. Joe Ellenbead had 38 points and 17 rebounds as he continues to push towards the MVP in the NBA. Steph Curry finally goes cold against the Wizards. The Wizards win 118 to 114. Bradley Beal has 29 points and 10 rebounds to lead the Wizards. The Raptors top the Nets 114 to 103. Kyrie Irving has 28 and 11 in the loss while Siakam has 27 and 9 in the win for the Raptors. In overtime, the Knicks beat the Hawks 137 to 127. Julius Randle had 40 points and 11 rebounds to lead the Knicks. The Utah Jazz beat the Rockets 112 to 89. Rudy Gobert had 19 points and 18 rebounds to lead Utah, while John Wall hung 21 points for the Rockets. The Mavericks beat the Pistons 127 to 117. Luka Doncic had 30 points, 10 rebounds, and nine assists to lead the Mavericks. The Miami Heat win against the Spurs 107-87. I guess Jimmy Butler's comments were taken to heart by the Heat as they needed to start playing more bully ball. Bama Dio had 23 points and 8 rebounds to lead the Heat. The Clippers beat the Grizzlies 117-105. Luke Kennard had 28 points and 7 to lead the Clippers, while John Moran had 22 for the Grizzlies in the loss. The Nuggets beat the Trailblazers 106-105. to Jokic, the Joker, had 25 points and 9 to lead Denver, while Damian Lillard had 22 for the Trailblazers. And in the nightcap, the Sacramento Kings beat the Timberwolves 128-125. to Buddy Heald had 29 to lead Sacramento, while Nas Reed had 24-7 and for Timberwolves. Now on to tonight's games. 
The Phoenix Suns will travel east and play the Boston Celtics this evening. The Pelicans travel to Orlando to take on the Magic. The 76ers will travel north to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. The Pistons are in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. The Hornets travel to Chicago to play against the Bulls. And in the nightcap, the LA Lakers will travel to Dallas to take on the Mavericks. That is all for the world of national sports. A little Wednesday wisdom when we come back right after this. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. Welcome back to Never In My Wildest Dream Podcast. A little Wednesday wisdom on Thursday. I know we skipped it yesterday because we did not have the show, but I wanted to talk about some stuff that's been weighing on me a little bit. This is one thing that was told when I became a head coach that I needed to do, but it's something we all need to do and we don't think about it nearly enough. When I became a head coach, I took over for Koki Robertson at St. Mary Grady High School who is a legend, not a local legend, but a state legend, a legend within the game of basketball. He won 800 plus games. He did it his way and he did it the right way. The one sound advice that I was given was go be Chad. Don't coach like anybody else, coach like you. And I struggled with that, to be honest with you, for a while. Now I do know how I like to coach, um, how I like to think on the sidelines and comfortable within my skin, not only in basketball, but in the game of life. But this is a test of time advice that we are always told that we truly kind of push off to the side and yeah, 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 when we think about it, but be yourself. We need to embrace individualism. We need to be different and we do not need to concern ourselves with what others perceive us as or think about us as. We need to just be us. In an annual letter to his shareholders last week, Jeff Bezos provided this exactly in a sober reminder of the cost of non-conformity. He said, what I'm really asking you to do is embrace and be realistic about how much energy it truly takes to maintain that distinctiveness. The world wants you to be typical in a thousand ways it pulls at you. Don't not let that happen. You have to pay the price for your distinctiveness and its worth. The fairy tale version of be yourself is that all pain stops as soon as you allow your distinctiveness to shine. That version is misleading. Be yourself is worth it, but don't expect it to be free or easy. You're going to have to put energy into it every single day continuously. The hardest battle that we fight each day is to be the person we wish to be, not the person that others want us to be. That comes with unique, often frightening set of challenges. What if we're not accepted? What if no one understands? What if we're viewed as radical, crazy, extreme? We say it's admirable to take the road less traveled, but if we can't navigate the wilderness, is it really taking the correct road? A break from the masses is truly scary. We can face rejection and loneliness as our world struggles to process what we don't even understand. But a life of true consequence and distinction ultimately requires seeking back roads to seldom visited destinations. This means risk, exposure, and the willingness to lose it all. A far-fetched business concept or a bold move to a new city or changing an entire career or lifestyle can have repercussions if it doesn't work out. Can we persist despite what others might say? Will we ever quit if we aren't in first place? To win, you must be willing to lose everything. To achieve greatly, you must be able to fail miserably. If we aren't at peace as being labeled as misunderstood or even outright rejected, the incredible challenge will be nothing more than that, a true challenge. 
The cost of individualism is expensive and will doubtly lead you to an area of mental bankruptcy. But those who persist will truly reach that destination of freedom, the destination of prosperity, and the destination of supreme independence. And that is the most liberating place on earth. This is my Wednesday wisdom. When we come back right after this, we will talk throwback Thursday. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. Welcome back to Never in My Wildest Dream podcast. Little throwback Thursday. Let's talk about what's happened on this day. In 1876, the first official National League baseball game is played. The Boston Red Stockings beat the Philadelphia Athletics 6-5 at Jefferson Street Grounds in Philly. In 1914, Babe Ruth had his first professional game as a pitcher. It was a six-hitter, and he won 6-0. In 1915, the New York Yankees donned the pinstripes and the hat with the ring logo for the first time ever. In 1954, the NBA adopted a 24-second shot clock and a 16-foul rule. In 1959, Yankee Whitey Ford struck out 15, beating the centers 1-0 in 14 innings. In 1991, Frank Thomas is the first White Sox to homer at the new Comiskey Park. In 1994, ice skater Tanya Harding sues ex-husband Jeff Galuli for $42,500. In 1995, George Foreman beats Axel Schulz in 12 to get the heavyweight boxing title in Las Vegas. And in 2003, Patrick Waugh played his final NHL game of his Hall of Fame career. That is all for Throwback Thursday. When we come back right after this, we will talk about local sports and how they went down yesterday. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in... Three, two, one... Welcome back to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. Let's talk local athletics. Yesterday was a great day for local athletics. If you liked playing in the cold, it was absolutely freezing at the baseball game that I was at, but it was a great baseball game. That's going to be the last one we talk about before we close the show. But it was freezing yesterday, so let's talk about the world of softball first. Williamsport traveled to South Hagerstown High School and beat them 5-2 yesterday. Chloe Links went 2-4 with a two-run homer, while Bree Koontz was 2-3 with a double, and McKenna Weaver pitched five innings as the Wildcats defeated the Rebels. Emily Wallach and Peyton Weaver each added RBIs for Williamsport, who is now 4-3 on the year. South, who is 3-2 on the year, was led by Maddie Wade, who was 2-3 with a solo home run and had 10 strikeouts in the circle while Paige Whittington had two hits and an RBI. Jenna Phillips also had two hits. Boonesboro went to Smithsburg yesterday and won 21-2. In her first start of the year, Maddie Taylor pitched a three-hitter with 11 strikeouts and no earned runs as the Warriors beat the Leopards, who are 2-5 in five innings. Boonesboro's, who is now 5-1 on the season, totaled 21 hits and scored in every inning, including 13 runs in third. Maddie Hewer went 4-for-4 four four with a double for the Warriors, while Haley Hartman was 3-for-3 three three with two doubles. Taylor went 3-for-4 with a double. Rachel Roop hit a home run and a triple. Sydney Hartle, Adrian Gaskins, Sage Haller each had two hits to lead. Warriors now on to high school baseball. The Clear Spring Blazers remain undefeated as they beat the Hubs for well, their only second loss of the year. The Hubs have lost twice to the Blazers now in an 8-5 win over the showdown of the top two teams in Washington County. 
Washington High School in West Virginia beat Martinsburg 12-11 yesterday. Patriots scored 10 runs in the top of the 10th inning to beat the Bulldogs. Joe Paul had two hits for Martinsburg, who fell to 2-4 on the year. The Gretty Gales continue their rolling of wins this season. John Hill went 4-4 four four with a double and four RBIs. Cam Motes also doubled and drove in four runs as the Gales, who are 8-2 on the season, rolled to a five-inning win over Scotland campus on Wednesday. Jason Rivera went the distance on the mound for the win, allowing two runs on five hits and no walks while striking out five in his outing. I told you before, my brother is a coach at Williamsport High School for baseball, so I was able to text back and forth with him while I was in my game yesterday, and they had a football score of a game. Williamsport beats out 21-10, to 10, three touchdowns to a touchdown and a field goal, as I politely put it in my text message to him. Cam Jackson goes 3-4 for four with two doubles and five RBIs, as Alex Bromwell drove in four runs as the Wildcats beat the Rebels in five innings on Wednesday. Williamsport scored in every inning, including 10 runs in the fourth. Eddie Lowe added three hits and two RBIs for the Wildcats, who are now 3-4 and four on the season, while Caden Jackson had two hits and three RBIs, and Andrew Kelball, Tyler Martin, Nick Wooster each had two hits. South, who is 0-6 on the year, was led by Joey Leisinger, one of my basketball players, who went 2-3 for three with a triple, while Mikey Whitmer had two hits and an RBI. On to the Smithsburg Boonsboro game. This is the game I was at. It was an awesome baseball game back and forth. The kids battled and played really hard, and I really was enjoying it. Even though it was cold, I had a blast staying the whole way to the end. Smithsburg beat Boonsboro 5 to 4. Luke Barnes had two hits, including the double and two RBIs. DJ Miller also had two hits and two ribbies for the Leopards in their eight inning win over the Warriors on Wednesday. Smithsburg, who is now 2 and 4 on the year, scored two runs in the bottom of the six to tie the game 4 4 and then produced the winning run in the eighth. Josh Black added two hits and an RBI for the Leopards, while Will Kirshner and Dylan Smith also had two hits. Josh Black started the game for the Leopards. He did an awesome job, and then he handed the ball over to Dylan Smith, who pitched two scoreless innings and relief for the win. For the Warriors, who are now 3-3, three and three, Jake Neff, Matt Koenigke both tripled and finished with two hits and RBI apiece. Reed Gordon also had two hits. Dylan Elkins, Connor Youngman, and Evan Weaver each doubled while Matthew Kaliski and Carter Stoudemire drove in runs. That was a fun game. The guys needed that. It was really great to see the energy. It's kind of like, you know, when you're a batter or a shooter, you need to see the ball go in the hole. If you're a batter, you need to see the ball hit some green. Just kind of gives you a little boost. As a team, you need to see the win column, and that's exactly what they were able to get last night. That is all for today's show. Thank you for listening. When we come back tomorrow, I talked to Tim Kelby today. He will be on tomorrow. As I told you the other day, he is going to be a Friday piece with us now, joining the show. So we will talk Friday Focus Sports Wrap, what's going to be going on in the world of local sports tomorrow, as well as Tim Kelby and I are just going to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Thank you for listening to today's show, and we will talk to you soon.